activism is a really powerful way for people to elevate their concerns and articulate their demands and apply pressure to decision makers to create change. And that's kind of what we think of as the visible work of activism. That's Drew Shaconner. She's an associate professor in the Education and Counseling Department at Villanova University. But the less visible pieces are also really important, and that's where activists are coming together to build relationships and figure out what their shared demands are, decide on their strategies and tactics. And while they're doing this work, they're engaging in collective visioning and imagining. Some folks call this a radical imagination for what um, their institutions, their systems, their society could be. And it's the kind of space that they create together where they're practicing living out that vision through their relationships with each other. And that very much connects with their identities and their senses of themselves. You're listening to Research That Resonates, a podcast from Villanova University's College of Liberal Arts and Sciences that takes you inside the labs and classrooms to learn from our distinguished faculty and students. I'm your host, Chelsea Girard. In this mini-series, we're talking to research teams who are exploring topics at the intersection of youth and identity. Dr. Connor studies activism. She's interested in understanding how activism is not only a vehicle for individuals to elevate their voices, but also how it can spur systemic change. I sat down with her and one of her students from her research team. Hi, I'm Hua Yu. Hua recently graduated from Villanova University, majoring in neuroscience and political science with minors in education policy and psychology. As a student, he became interested in Dr. Connor's research after he heard her speak during a panel discussion on campus. He reached out to her, and she invited him to join her team of student researchers. And so she told me about this activism project, and I was so eager to, like, get on board and do this project with her. And I think for me, I'm particularly interested in this idea that how these students come to adopt these value systems and how they come to find a sense of purpose to, like, act on it. And I think for me, especially coming from, like, a neuroscience psychology background, I'm interested in, like, this developmental aspect of how education can help foster that sort of value system. Dr. Connor and Hua, along with four other undergraduate students and one graduate student, conducted a study on self-identifying college student activists in 2016. They created a survey and distributed it nationally, targeting 120 colleges and universities across all 50 states. From among the survey respondents, they did 40 in-depth interviews. One of the central questions we asked them was, how does your identity shape your involvement in activism? And uh, we added that question because an activist suggested to us that it was really important and it really mattered to our understanding of activism and what it means to identify as an activist. And what we found was that the majority of respondents talked about their identities as intersectional, They didn't focus on a single facet of their identity as it related to their activism. The concept that we as individuals have multiple identities and they overlap is known as intersectionality. 
So their gender or their race or their ethnicity or their language status, they spoke about uh, many different aspects of their identity as it informed their activism, whether it led them to it or shaped how they practiced it. And so, um, so this awareness, I think, of how they have um, privileged identities and also oppressed identities, how those sometimes intersect, or, or um, how all of their identities might be privileged, definitely played a role in the kind of activism they engaged in. Dr. Connor found these students were surprisingly conversant in this idea of intersectionality. They spoke about it not only as it related to their identities, but also as it related to the issues that they were organizing around. Um, and one of the big surprises in our study was that on average, self-identifying college student activists embrace eight or more causes. So they're not single area, single issue um, focused activists necessarily. And I think that's because of that intersectional perspective that they understand how different systems of oppression relate to each other and interconnect. They have that that critical lens to bring to bear. Um, and I do think that that is something that was on the, the margins of earlier eras of student activism that's become more prominent over time. The research team had a few other surprising results, such as the idea that individuals become activists instantly because of some sort of trigger moment. But that's actually not the majority experience, according to their data. And you can think of the, the Parkland students and that massacre at their school as this kind of event that, you know, the next day they woke up and they um, said, I'm an activist and I'm going to fight for gun, gun reform. Um, not everyone at Marjorie Sunman Douglas High School had that kind of um, call, but certainly a number did. But in our study, we found that that trigger experience was very rare. Only about a third of the students reported having a key turning point moment. And most of them felt that they came to activism and that identity of activists very gradually. And it involved um, some experimentation, kind of dipping toes into the water. And they were really hard pressed to figure out the exact moment that they became activists. So that was one surprise. One of the other ones was that like there's no one specific type of activism mm -hmm. that um, a lot of times we just see like the protests, the sit-ins, and the very like upfront sort of activism as the display of what activism looks like. But um, there's a lot of people who are doing the more um, administrative roles, the more backstage stuff, uh, who still consider themselves activists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though it's a less conventional yeah, yeah. picture. Yeah. In addition to these statistical findings, Dr. Connor and her team uncovered a number of insights from their in-depth interviews with the student activists. One of the most notable being, activism had a positive impact on the student's ability to empathize with others. Here's Dr. Connor. I remember when one student talked about um, how in her conversations with her peers from different backgrounds, it was like a sheet was removed from over her, her eyes, that she was now seeing the world in a different way because of those conversations. Hua was particularly interested in this finding and launched that passion into his own research project, which received funding from the Villanova Undergraduate Research Fellowship Program. He did a research project focusing on international mindedness, which goes by a few different names, like cosmopolitanism and world mindedness. 
But essentially, it relates back to this idea that exposure to difference helps students empathize with the struggles and oppressions of others. I mean, without going into all of like the subtleties of it, I think a uh, definition that really struck out to me, uh, stood out to me, was this idea of um, reaching into oneself and reaching out to others. And so it's not necessarily a matter of like having a specific set of knowledge or a level of understanding about what's going on in the world uh, or being able to like state facts about um, everything that's going on in global politics, but um, just a matter of being willing to kind of engage and wanting to engage with the sorts of topics. Hua's research looked at the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program which is a very popular international education program for high school students. He was looking at the program's effectiveness in fostering international-mindedness, which is something the program really prides itself on. He surveyed and interviewed students participating in the program from Switzerland, South Korea, and the United States. I was really struck by the idea that for the students, for, for most of them, when I asked them what they felt was the most valuable experience um, in gaining international-mindedness was their experience with other international students. And so they spoke a lot about how it was their conversations outside of the classroom, not necessarily facilitated by teachers or uh, coursework, that was so valuable to them in fostering this international-mindedness. And so I think for me, that kind of goes back to this idea of how students come to adopt certain value systems. And I think the relations that are happening in school and in education is so important and is not focused on enough. And so a lot of the students in South Korea talked about the fact that there was a lack of dialogue in the classroom. And especially if it is in an international school, having this sort of in-classroom conversation where there are students from all these different backgrounds would be so valuable in helping them expand their mindsets and like engage with one another. Hua plans to go on to graduate school and expand his research in international education policy, specifically in the context of under-resourced countries. He says his experience working with Dr. Connor has been instrumental in his development as a researcher. Um, and so I think it's been such an incredible experience working with Jerusha just because it works. I mean, it examines the sort of topic that I'm interested in, but it also kind of embodies it in the way that she structures her research team and the research project. She's always like asking us to like pitch in our ideas and our perspectives, no matter like what stage of the research it is. And she's always like trying to get us as involved as possible, even if it's like a technical area that we don't have as much expertise about. And so I think that's been a really great experience in terms of like helping me find my voice in research, being able to be a part of the team um, that I felt really valued in kind of helped me find a direction in research myself. I just would add how privileged I feel to have had the, the opportunity to work with Hua um, as a colleague. It's been invaluable having Hua and the other students on our team um, share their experiences and perspectives and, and different lenses on the data. It really has enriched the, the kind of knowledge I think we're producing.
Thanks for listening to Research That Resonates. If you haven't listened to our first mini-series on sustainability, be sure to check that out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify.